Thank you for joining us. I'm Michael Anderson, and this is The Big Idea Show. And today we're going to be talking with some children, some kids, uh, high school age and younger. And we're going to be talking about some exciting things that they're excited about. We hope to make the next 30 minutes a very good investment of your time. And today's show is brought to you by GEICO Local Office. You could save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of GEICO Local Office, 805-487-7847. And today we have a number of students, children, that are in the studio, and we're going to be talking with them individually. And we hope to uh, hear some things that are on their mind, interests, and we're calling this program the Show and Tell Program. We're hopefully hearing more, learning more from what these kids are interested in, and uh, should be a great show. So I'm really excited to have them here. So we'll go ahead and get started. We have Michael Wilcox, eight years old from Ventura. Michael loves baseball. He's currently on the prime All-American baseball travel team, and he trains in Westlake Village at the Hitting Zone. Micah, it's a treat to have you here. Thanks for coming into the studio. Thank you, Mike. Um, thank you. Yeah, so you're a big baseball fan. How did you get into liking baseball so much? I mean, practice. I've been practicing since I was one years old. Um, I love baseball from the start. And do you have a favorite uh, position, or do you like all of them the same, or is there one you like more than another? I mean, I like shortstop, uh, captain of the field. I get to, I mean, that's where most of the good balls get hit. Yeah, definitely. Tell us, you know, so you're eight years old. I know you've played on some travel teams and all-star teams. What would you say has been your biggest accomplishment, if you had to answer that question? What would you say? Um... Last summer, I went to uh, All-American Games for a travel ball, or not a travel ball, but this special, special accomplishment to, I was picked uh, one, one of about 200 and something kids to play in this tournament, and I feel like I, I'm really lucky to do that. Definitely. Day one, we fly from LAX Southwest, come into Reno check everything out day two we have the opening ceremonies get our jerseys talk about our team day three we have our tryouts do 50 yard uh, 40 yard dash and frog jumps then the th fourth day um, we have our first game we lose that one we l won our second uh, game and then lost our third game so we didn't go to the championship but I did get a special ring about two pounds it's really cool wow yeah I mean I feel like I really achieved something big playing against 11 and thir 11 10 year old kids and definitely yeah, that's really so. that's really exciting do you, so do you like traveling and being able to kind of essentially go play baseball in other areas is that exciting for you that is the most exciting part about baseball to me. Um, I love traveling, go to all of all over the U.S. I meet people from Hawaii, meet people from Oregon, meet people from San Jose, and I'm still in, I still know these people from now on, and I'm I'm excited to see them in uh, one month in January going to Irvine All American Games. Wow, very cool, Micah. That's awesome. Now, do you like hitting better or do you like defense better? What do you think is more of a specialty of yours? I think hitting because I feel like I'm more, I mean, both the same, but I think if I had one of the other, I would pick hitting because I'm more, I'm more powerful. 
We're talking with Micah Wilcox. He's eight years old, and he plays on the traveling baseball team, the prime All-American baseball team. Micah, when you're not playing baseball, what are some other things that you like to do? I mean, it's pretty hard because I play baseball every day, but I'm not playing baseball. I obvious I go to school. <laughs> um, maybe, I mean, when I'm not playing baseball. I understand you have a train set. Could you tell us a little bit about trains? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love trains as well as baseball. Uh, I took the Amtrak train, I don't know how many times, like maybe a hundred times in my life. Uh, San, uh, San Diego, LA, Santa Barbara. I have a train set at my house. It's uh, in scale. It's about like couple inch, like one inch. Run. It's electric. Runs around my whole table. If you watch some videos, we have some. If you go Michael Wilcox seven 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 on YouTube, you'll find out I have lots of videos. And in scale trains are really cool to look at. They have all the lights, details, and I especially love the Amtrak on my table. That's awesome, Micah. That's very cool. And so you mentioned a YouTube channel, Micah Wilcox 777. Yes, Do sir. you have any other? Um, you're on Facebook as well? Facebook, Instagram, make sure you follow me at Micah Wilcox 777 or Micah Wilcox 7. Facebook, Instagram, lot. I, I forgot the other one. Hey, that's that's all right. Yeah, but ins- make sure you make sure definitely you follow me on Instagram. That's the most important one. Our guest today, Micah Wilcox, big time baseball player. Good luck in your future endeavors, there, buddy. Thanks for coming into the studio. Thank you, Mike. Our next guest is Julia Johnson. She's 17. She loves theater, English, puzzles, and dogs. Juliet, thank you for coming into the studio today. Of course. I love talking about different activities and whatnot, so things that teenagers are into. And one of the things that you have to share with us, I'm excited to hear about because I know nothing about it, very little about it. But Mm -hmm. um, So tell us, you're, you're here to share an activity that you like. Tell us about this activity. So the activity I'm sharing is called Escape Rooms. They're pretty easy to find if you just look up Escape Room on Google Maps. But the idea of it is that you get put in this escape room. The doors are locked metaphorically, so you can get out if you really have to. Um, And the idea is you need to find all these different puzzles and riddles throughout the room and solve them to continue to find more things that you need to unlock to ultimately escape the room. So it's if you're a person that really likes puzzles or working with friends or those kind of ideas uh, in places where you're put into... A room that's interesting and kind of imaginative it's really great for that and how many people would go into a room like that like is it normally a kind of a group thing not an individual thing yes it's not an individual <laughs> thing if you do it by yourself you're gonna have an interesting time trying to find everything normally about groups of four to ten to twelve four less so I think the lowest I've seen is six no I've done a one with four yeah four to twelve and then 
when you're in there, so you, you typically, I, and I've seen an escape room place, like in a in a mm-hmm. shopping center, they had an escape yes. room. Is it kind of the same room, the same kind of, okay, it's behind the window, you look under the seal, and that's where the, you know, or, or do they change up, like, the setting and the style and the riddles of the room? They How does that work? change it every once in a while. Some places have different rooms throughout their building, but normally they have a separate room within the building, and you go in that room, it's normally some kind of theme. The last one I did was a Swamp Witch-type theme where we had to escape her shack in the middle of the swamp. Um, and then you have an hour to escape. Um, and normally they'll tell you, normally there's somebody on the other side who can give you riddles while you're trying to, es- like not riddles, who can give you hints while you're trying to escape so you can solve the riddles. Because without those people, you just don't know what's going on. Sometimes you get a little bit lost. You have the right answer, but you just didn't put it in right. But yeah, so that's normally how it goes. So let's say you're going into an escape room. You're going into mm-hmm. a room with some friends that you've not been in before and you're trying to escape. What's the, let's just say a percentile, like what's, would it maybe be 50% of the time you get out, 50%, you know, they have to let you out? Or how does that work as far as solving that problem of escaping? I guess it normally just depends on where you go. There's only been one that I haven't escaped from and that was because we had the key but it was a number pad type situation and we just weren't putting it in right but normally they want you to escape so they'll start like the last one we did the guy you could see him typing on the thing like different like answers to things because we had it all but we just were not being smart about it like we couldn't get a lock open even though we had the right code so normally they want you to escape and they'll start giving you more and more hints just to help you out Um, and if you go to an easier room they normally rank their rooms from easiest to hardest those if you're in an easier room it should be able to be solved we're talking with juliet johnson she's 17 and she is sharing with us the details of escape rooms it's kind of a an interesting new thing that uh, people are kind of doing as an activity would you say this is a popular thing among other students at your school and other teenagers or is it kind of a regional thing how, how would you kind of I guess categorize it. I would say it's pretty popular. I um, not everyone knows about it, but the people who do get really into it, they're starting to become more popular now as more people go to them and like them. They start popping up more places. But I've seen them in NorCal. I've seen them in SoCal. So they're all over the place. Uh, I haven't seen them in other states, but it's because I haven't been to other states. But I know there's a really cool saw-themed escape room in Las Vegas, which is interesting. So they're they're starting to become popular pretty much everywhere, which is exciting. And I know you're a senior. You're going to be going to college next year, so you're working through that process of applications. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that for anyone that maybe is has not applied for college in a while? Tell us a little bit about what you're going through. Okay. Well, it's a lot of work, especially depending on what you're doing. The UCs make it really easy for you. Uh, and they make the process really simple, but with common application, uh, which is how you can apply to different private colleges, gets a lot more complicated. And with certain colleges that require portfolios, because I'm going to college for theater, they require me to submit a portfolio, which requires more work. So for certain colleges, I have to write up to from five to seven essays for each college, which is a lot. <laughs> so I'm very overwhelmed, but they space out the deadlines between their colleges, so it's not too bad. I'm getting through it. Well, that's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming onto the show today and coming into the studio to talk with us, and best of luck to those college applications. <laughs> and uh, that's Juliet Johnson, 17-year-old, moving forward. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, hey, take it away. Get so 
And our next guest is Gregory Gillette. He's 14 years old, a student at Foothill Technology High School, and he's interested in history and music and also Total War Games. It's awesome to have you in the studio today. Thank you for joining us, Gregory. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to talk to you about, uh, we were talking before recording here, and we were talking about history, and I know you're a oh, history yeah. buff. So how did you get Definitely. into history? How did you come to find history to be something to be passionate about? Well, first of all, my dad showed me this game. It's called Rome Total War, and it's made by a Total War community. And this game really, I love it. It's, it's so awesome. It may not be completely historically accurate, uh, in some cases not at all, but like it's just r really awesome, and I love playing it all the time. And and then it started getting me really into history. I'm like, well, like this happened back then. Let's start researching about this stuff. Like what what happened back then? Like I started researching about Rome and how it was first a Latin tribe, a, a small little Latin tribe, and became this huge, almost a European nation. All of Europe almost conquered all of Europe. That's awesome. So what what it sounds like you're sharing is a game, essentially yeah. a game and an interest in that game helped f discover and help that you find that you have a passion and an interest for history. Yeah. And so then you started learning more and in, into this uh, history. So with history, what is your favorite genre? Do you is that your genre yeah, of that's interest? The, the Roman antiquity. the antiquity. Uh -huh. That's that's what it's called. That era. What what is that? What time period is that? It's from seven hundred something BC to 400 something AD. Interesting, what happened over that time period? If you were to give us maybe a synopsis of that trend, I guess moving from that period of 700 BC yeah. to 400 AD, what are some things that took place? All right, so like you want me to explain like how Rome? Maybe, or, yeah, yeah, maybe in a brief, like a, yeah, a brief uh, run yeah, through and then brief. we'll dive into it a little more. Yeah, Rome was a, like a little Latin tribe and it had enemies like there were I think they're called Samnites the that were on the Italian peninsula and so Rome eventually conquered all those Samnites and conquered the Greeks that lived in Italy because there were Greeks that were in Italy and people like to believe that it was Rome was made because of like two Trojans from a battle came all the way over and sailed to Rome and named it after like one of the brothers but I'm not sure if that's really true. It was just a Latin tribe and that phalanx was its first formation that they used. At first, their military reforms was about phalanx. Phalanx is a spear formation and it's where it's basically a wall of spears. Mm. And so and that's sometimes what we see in the movies, like the formation yeah. of the spear. So that, that is interesting. And I wonder why, why did they essentially want to expand so much? As same that's, as anyone else. That's what you do? <laughs> that's what you do. But they were really good at keeping their political power and, like, they are really good at sustaining their political power and making sure they didn't have rebel uprisings and stuff. That's, so. what, what are some other, um, what are two of the more interesting things you've discovered in your study of essentially the antiquity and that period of time? I really, uh, I'm, I'm starting to get into the Celtics that were back then, the Celtics, that, those are like the barbarians. They're in Spain, Gaul, which is France today, um, in Germany. And I'm starting to get into them a lot because they are, they're so unique in their own way. All, every soldier is mixed experience, has their own armor, has their own personal weapons. 
I mean, it's a disadvantage because the Romans, they their military reforms, every soldier, well, when it came to the cohort system, at first they were phalanx, then they came to the maniple system, and then they went to the cohort system. That's when every soldier was the same. Every soldier had the same equipment, same armor, the same weapons, and everything. But the Celtics, they had just, they were mixed up. They were all, like, Gallic. I think the Gallics were the most interesting. They were very, they had very interesting patterns and their shields and stuff and their swords. Yeah, I think the Celtics were the... One of the That's greatest. fascinating. That is interesting. Just hearing you talk about it makes me, it pulls me in to want to learn more. And as you, you know, have more to share about it. Well, I want to ask you this question. When you're not studying history or kind of working on this, what are other interests that you have or how do you spend your time? Video games. <laughs> I love to play video so games. So you're 14 and, and at that age, what are some, what are some games you play and you find that your friends are into, you know, at, um, at the age of 14? One really like rated m game is uh for honor that's a game i really like basically it's a medieval fighting game where there's knights there's vikings and there's samurai and they're all fighting each other to try and uh, unite everyone under one banner and it's pretty cool there are different heroes that you can select there's like there's six heroes per faction i think yeah interesting do you you know one thing i i, I want to ask is i I essentially talk to people about this, and I wonder sometimes I think older people say, well, you know, there's a lot of fighting games now, and I didn't have those when I was a kid. And, you know, we'd, we'd play essentially, uh, you know, darts and, you know, other things like that. So still fighting, but in a different way. But sometimes people wonder, like, how, how, how do kids sometimes delineate between the game and, like, you know, real life? And is that an issue with desensitization of, like, playing the game and then, you know, in real life? Do you find that that's an issue at all or is that you know wait do you mean like um i find it an issue to play in real life or, or something no I, I guess like the the games of fighting games right or yeah. what have you like war games is there an issue with war games like that you're playing in a video game and then are some of those folks that play like with their friends you know at, at a you know after score or something like that are they more wanting to have like a, a you know their own aggressions is there um, we we like sometimes duel each other. Like I use pool noodles as weapons. Right. And they're really, <laughs> they're really effective because they don't hurt at all. You can just keep smacking another person around. They won't hurt at all. That's cool. <laughs> my, my boys, um, they're, they're starting to talk about this game a lot. Fortnite. And so um, we don't have the game and they're yeah. younger boys. I know it's a popular game, but we don't even have the game. So they have to go to their cousins. But uh, but we'll play darts and essentially it's a makeshift Fortnite, you know, essentially. So mm. it's a very fascinating in that way. So as far as f being 14 years old and do you know what your plans are after high school? Do you know what if you want to um, where you want to go? I, at least I like to aim really big, which is probably a problem. That's <laughs> but, a good thing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. Um. I, I want to aim for a Cal State college or whatever it's called. I think it's for like an average B student. I want to aim for that, but like I'm, it might not happen because my grades are a little low. They're that's all right. C's, B's, and A's. We've I've been there Four myself. C's. I've been there myself. Well, that's good. Well, and this is uh, Gregory Gillette. He's 14, student at Foothill High School in Ventura. And uh, thank you for coming and talking with us today about history and video games. Thank this you for having me. All right. 
And we have Erin Hoffman as our next guest on the program. She's 15 years old, a sophomore at St. Bonaventure High School, and her interests are her dog, dogs, and uh, also culture and learning new languages. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about that. And thank you for being here, Erin. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So you're interested in learning new languages. Tell us about that. And how did you come to find that interest? Well, languages just have always fascinated me, but it really took off when we had cousins visit from Germany. And I really wanted to like learn some German to make them feel more comfortable, feel at home. And then I realized that this was a really cool language and I started learning more about my family history and my great grandparents speaking German and how, you know, my pop, my grandpa wasn't able to learn it. Um, and my interest just kind of sparked and I asked my mom if we could go, you know, find like a, a German class or something online because I knew I was going to learn Spanish in school. Um, but yeah, she researched and then we found like a school that I go to now and I've been learning German for like two or three years now. How neat. Yeah. Well, share, share with us a few words that you've learned and that, we, um, that are important to know. Well, maybe not that important to know, but my favorite word is speed limit and it's a very, very, very long word. I may not be pronouncing the, it right, the but Germans it's... Germans like to speed. They, yes. The Autobahn, they like to... Yeah, it's called Geschwindigkeitsbegrenzung and that's just speed limit. Like, Geschwindigkeit is speed, and then Beglenzung is limit. Wow. Say it one more time. Geschwindigkeit Beglenzung. That is a good word. I'm, my my <laughs> pronunciation like may be word. off, but yeah, I really enjoy it. And what are some more words? Share a couple more. Give me two more words. Um, how would I, Do you know how I would ask to go to... Sorry. How, how would I ask to go to the bathroom? Do you know? I don't really know how to say go to the bathroom, <laughs> but I, I can say, where's the bathroom? Wo ist das Badezimmer? We learned that one from our cousin from Germany when she came. <laughs> and then another important one to know is like, wie heißt du? Or wie geht's, which is like, what's your name and how are you? Just stuff like that. How exciting. And yeah. the other interest you mentioned was, uh, was culture and cultures. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Well, I'm just kind of fascinated with how different, I would say, traditions came to be because, you know, like something, you could hear something from another culture and you're like, wow, that's so weird. But to them, it's totally normal. And I was just thinking the other day of how Thanksgiving, how we just celebrated yesterday, it's not celebrated in other cultures. And that was kind of weird to me and how 4th of July, just something such a big part of our lives aren't celebrated in other cultures and how they have that same feeling towards us. And it's just a really mind-blowing process. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is really fascinating. That's neat. When you get to the point of going to college, do you know what you want to study or where you want to go? Um, I would like to do something with like pre-med or uh, like anatomy, something like that, biology, because I want to be an OBGYN or a doctor who works around that uh, like topic. But I would like to minor in German if I could do that, because my backup plan would be, I don't know, like teaching English over there or something like that. I think that would be a really cool thing to do or study abroad over there or maybe in a Spanish speaking country because I'm learning that in school also. That's so cool. Well, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, this is Erin Hoffman. She's 15 years old, a sophomore at St. Bonaventure High School. Thank you, Erin. Thank you. And our next guest is Samantha Jakovic. She's 12 years old in seventh grade at Oaks Christian. And thank you for joining us, Samantha. 
Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to talk about some of your interests, and I know one of them is acting and being in performances. You were recently in a show, uh, The Aladdin Show. Tell us about that. How was that? It was really fun. I Acting is one of my strong interests, and I really enjoy it because you can kind of express, you can kind of express who you are through acting. And if you're like, if you're like not in like a good place, you can kind of pretend to, you can kind of leave where you are and go into like a whole new world, like they say in Aladdin. (laughs) And um, like, that's cool. I like that. Experience a whole new world what's it like when you first are going to be in a show and you just get the script and nobody knows what it's going to be and how how long does it take to go from like that period of just getting the script to now having people come and watch you on stage well when you first get the script it's extremely nerve-wracking because there's so much blocking and which is staging So there's so much blocking and like lines you have to memorize and you're like, oh my gosh, how can I do this? And like, it depends. Some people take like six months, some people take like three or two. Every day is just like, you you have to be extremely serious about it. And like every day is just like straightforward. We're doing this and doing this and it's intense. And there are lots of rehearsals until like five every day, but it's fun. So, that's, yeah. That's awesome. Well, we really like hearing about that. And do you, when you're not acting, are there other interests that you have? Or how are you spending your time when you're not in a performance? I do softball for my school, so I enjoy that. And then I, yeah, just hanging out with my friends, reading sometimes. And, yeah. That's really cool. Well, I appreciate you being here. So you're uh, 12 years old, the seventh grader at Oaks Christian. That's Samantha Jakovich. And thank you for coming onto the program today. We really, really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. I can show you the world Shining, shimmering, splendid Tell me, princess, now when did you last Let your heart decide I can Open your eyes, take you wonder by wonder, over sideways and under, on a magic carpet ride, a whole And that does it for our show today. Thank you for joining us on The Big Idea Show. The show today is brought to you by Boyd & Associates, home security to Southern California. You can contact them. Their phone number is 805-650-3267. Thank you for listening. Have a great week and join us again next time. Do you ever question if your investments are right for you? Do you own any annuities, retirement accounts, or have other money you want help with? Have you ever wondered what your advisor is making or how they get paid? Get a free second opinion. Talk with Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. Call his answering service today, 805-665-3767. Leave a message and get a call back immediately. 805-665-3767.